chapter twenty one of natalie page this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox natalie page by catherine haviland taylor chapter twenty one s k forces my confidence it was a lovely christmas eve and a lovely christmas every one was so happy that it seemed like a new family even uncle archie talked the day after christmas s k made me tell him about the letter i never knew he could be so firm and for the first and last time i felt the difference in our ages something is worrying you he said and if you don't tell me i shall go to your aunt and tell her to investigate and if i know that lady she can s k i begged please but he was not softened come on nat no foolishness he said and almost sternly something worrying you about the bracelet i nodded and then somehow the story came out i gave him the letter the little bit of cloth that had been left on my window-sill and the notes that were signed e j he felt badly that i had borne it alone and called himself all sorts of names for taking it so lightly dear child he said why didn't you show me these things before you said i was foolish that there were no such things as ghosts i answered there aren't someone's playing a joke on you and it will stop i will see that it is stopped and the person shall be punished i told him his chin stuck out two inches farther when he was fierce but he didn't laugh at my joke and you weren't imagining when you told me that someone had felt for your bracelet when you fell from your horse on riverside drive i said of course not and quite indignantly then i began to see that they had all thought i was hysterical and silly and made up these tales from the creakings of floors and lost flashlights i haven't told them anything recently i said because they laughed but the trap did catch some one s k i did not mislay it afterward i heard it snap and that was the night this piece of cloth was torn from his or her clothes and sometimes the bracelet comes back it slides in how he asked i told him why didn't you tell them here he questioned i said it had annoyed aunt and that she had asked me not to think of it since it was clearly impossible and a half-dream of mine and not to mention it to amy and you didn't believe me either i said not that i blame you it did sound crazy but there simply wasn't any one to tell i shall never forgive myself for this he said never that i should fail you then he shook his shoulders round and went on with there must be some explanation and we will have it that bracelet walking in by itself is clearly impossible and it's leaving the same way too but the ghost that mademoiselle nitsky heard i questioned my dear he said there were three quarrelling families under one roof don't you think it natural that one if he could disturb the other would try to do so why will chase or the other one could have thought of a thousand ways to make rappings and so frighten the peris out of their wits and if he or the other one frightened them so that they would leave their old place so much to the good one less family to disagree with more room can't you see it we'll say that one of the chase men went out at twelve and threw a ball against the wall of the peris room then say he crept inside took a heavy cane on which he tied a pad so that the ceiling wouldn't be marred stepped up on a chair and wanged that then mr peiry leaps from his chair in fright mr chase goes on pounding as a smile gradually widens on his face some one above speaks the chase individual can hear the voice since the doors are open and although it was a mansion for that day it is not a great house for to-day the sounds easily carry and especially since it was night and a calm september one in which hardly a leaf stirred he pounds three times and up above three quaking people think a question is answered 
and that a ghost walks and thumps why there would be countless ways for him to make noises that would frighten the paris into hysteria and as for madame jumel clothed in white coming to any one's bedside well any one can wear a long white robe and faces cannot be seen in the dark do you think that that was it i asked a good deal relieved i certainly do nat he replied usually things of that sort have the most simple explanations and this matter must have two now to-night you are going to bring that bracelet down to me i said oh no or let me take it now he went on i have a wall safe you know and i imagine it won't be bothered there i protested for several minutes but at length i had to give in i'll bring it down to you later i temporized honestly he said i said honestly and i meant to since s k wanted me to then because he had come in for only a second after the matinee amy uncle frank and i had gone with him and had a beautiful time he went and we sat down before the living-room fire and talked at six the bell rang and ito admitted that man to whom i had talked on the diner he made a great deal of noise in the hall and i heard him tell ito that the little lady had told him to look her up and then he asked ito if i wasn't some looker and added that the apartment was a stiffy roost and i began to worry because i knew aunt would not like him i didn't know what to do i didn't want to hurt his feelings and i didn't want to annoy her ito showed him in and he settled before the fire he talked a great deal and in a carrying tone while amy put her chin higher and higher in the air and uncle looked over his glasses then aunt came in talked to mr bilkins for such was his name and told him that she was sorry i must be excused but that i was going out and so she stood up after that and he did too and then ito took possession of him and he was shunted out i felt sorry for him sorry for myself and for aunt penelope for she felt that i had disgraced her i knew that her standards were wrong when she thought that loud voices and too much slang made a person impossible that is that they would be wrong if the person's spirit was splendid and only the trimmings were off but i did not know about this man's spirit i only knew that i had asked him to my aunt's house before i knew much about the world's ways of doing things and that it was not wise or sensible to do i said i was very sorry but she couldn't get over it and ito had to bring her smelling salts and a fan although the room was not over warm some tony joint she kept muttering between sniffs of her salts which was a quotation from mr bilkins then she asked me never 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 to do such a thing again and i said i wouldn't after which i went to my room for the atmosphere was not congenial i noticed uncle frank as i left the room he was deep in that book he had given me and i envied him and i wished i could forget myself through bugs or anything some one i don't know who said collect something it doesn't matter what and i think that some one was thinking of the forgetting possibilities which come through a hobby for the happiest person has moments when he needs something to make him forget unhappiness in my room i considered the bracelet affair and decided i could not risk s k s being hurt but when aunt and the rest are put out with me i realize how much i depend on him i wondered what i would do if he were hurt or killed whom i would turn to if i had done something impossible and needed cheering i studied it a long time and then i went down to s k my soul he said what a long face the bracelet leads us to wear oh s k i answered i don't want to give it to you then he said what nonsense just at that moment his man told him that someone wanted to speak with him at the telephone he excused himself and i had a chance to think it did not seem to me that i could let him run that risk i opened the case looked down at the bracelet and considered it then i heard s k coming back quickly moved snapped the case shut tied it with the ribbon and said here my voice was not usual 
so she thinks i'm going to be killed does she asked s k don't i begged and then i stood up for it was getting late and i was still in day things and amy and i were to go to see a friend after dinner i saw him put it in his wall safe shook hands asked him please not to bother to come up with me and ran off i found amy using my dressing-table because it has a better light than hers mother is frightfully shocked she said i think that man upset her fearfully natalie i think it was the strangest thing for you to do her voice trailed off and she turned to see how her hair looked at the back i didn't know at that time i began but she cut me short she wonders how many more people you talk to she went on and she hopes that this mr stilkins or whatever his name was isn't a sample of them all how did you start it anyway i knew that cooks did that sort of thing but i never knew how they began it i saw that she was feeling disagreeable and attributed it to too much candy but this reason did not diminish my wish to thump her this was strong but i tried to hold my temper and explain don't bother she said right in the middle of my words i'm not really interested and then she began to hum and doing this left the room i did hate her i think that is the meanest feminine trick of all that humming after you've made the other person mad if i had my way i'd make that a criminal offence i slammed things a little after she left which was my way of showing temper and then i forgot it all for uncle frank asked if he might come in he wanted to read aloud a few pages about how the aigret makes her nest and takes care of her young after he finished he said and every time a woman wears them she leaves a mother bird dead and little ones starving ho hum don't think it's worth it i said i didn't either i never had and i have wondered how women could but i think perhaps it is because they don't imagine a great many troubles are made that way simply because someone fails to realize how the other person or aigret will feel from something that they themselves say or wear amy was bad-tempered all evening she called me her country cousin in public which wasn't polite and told how i had got tangled up in the silver at first she brought it in nicely and people laughed but i did not think it was kind then she sulked all the way going home and only spoke when we were a block from the door some people like admiration and work for it she said i myself don't and then i realized that it was not too much candy but jealousy and that even the calling of this man who did not attract me had impressed amy i don't care for it i answered shortly oh no she agreed and too loudly i realize you don't i gave up and resorted to silence no one can do anything with amy when she feels that way and we parted with cool good nights the next morning something happened that was funny another person came to ask for me amy heard ito admit him and told ito to let him wait in the hall so many strange people coming ito she said loudly i heard this afterward i think it would be wisest to let him wait in the hall then i was called and i faced willie jepson hello nat he said loudly i am going to columbia starting this term wouldn't let your uncle tell you how are you i said i was well you're looking it he asserted and i could see that he was impressed with my clothes then we went into the library and i could see that amy liked willie's looks but evidently he did not like hers have you met before i asked for amy was smiling so widely that i thought they had no answered willie your cousin told the jap to let me wait in the hall and so i heard her voice but we have not met willie was insulted by that he told me so afterward nat he said all the instincts of a southern gentleman were outraged in me by that order i the son of colonel jepson of queensburg virginia am not used to waiting in halls willie has quite a little dignity when he wants to use it and like all southern men puts out his chest a tiny bit when he speaks of the fact that he is a southerner to be just amy did not understand how frightful he thought it was but in our town any one but a nigger is asked in and warmly welcomed 
even mr bilkins would have stopped for supper with any one of our first families we are built that way and the north is not that is all amy smiled at willie and asked him to come over and sit with her beside the fire he complied rather stiffly i've heard of you she said natalie has told me so many things about how you two played around together and that seemed funny because she never would listen when i started but i didn't correct her willie said indeed miss james but you could tell it was just something to say then the bell rang and ito appeared to give me a message mr kemplewood it seemed asked if i would come down immediately the matter was urgent i excused myself and wondering hurried to s k s rooms i thought it was strange that he hadn't gone to business strange that he had sent for me instead of coming up he had himself admitted me and his face was worried he did not smile natty said i have bad news the bracelet is gone come in this is the way that things were found this morning i followed him and looked the door of the wall safe was open and papers were strewn across the floor near a window was the box of yellowed satin which had always held my bracelet this was wide open the lid torn from the back and empty i could hardly speak but i clutched eske's arm and whispered you were not hurt no my dear but he answered i could see that the bracelet lost bothered him sit down i said i want to talk he did and i settled to eske i began i want to tell you something i know where the bracelet is he leaned forward and i told him End of chapter twenty one